We're here at the Great Northern, um, a place that you play a lot and have for um, a long time. You've been playing in the Valley for more than 30 years. Um, what were some of those early shows like? Uh, well, obviously there wasn't as many people probably attending because now every all the places, so many more places between Whitefish and Big Fork uh, and all places in between. Um, mm -hmm. And so, uh, you know, the crowds have always been good. I've always had fun with them. I always really enjoyed all the little venues I played from down in Ferndale all the way up into Big Fork and Kalispell and then, and then of course, Whitefish and then on the Big Mountain just right up the road there a bit. So really fun stuff. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I wish uh, I could have been there, but it was a whole different vibe. Um, what got you into playing music? Yeah, Big Fork had a different vibe then than it does now. So did Whitefish. Uh, my father played guitar as a kid and just like talking to my friend here, the, the Beatles probably. I'm one of those guys, mm -hmm. you know, when they played on the Ed Sullivan show, I was really, really young, obviously. And uh, it kind of changed the world for me, changed my world. I've said this before, I remember getting on the school bus the next morning and just like looking around and just thinking, oh my God, it's... And everyone saw it. It was like, and of course, with no cell phones or social media, I don't know how everyone saw that show, you know, but it seemed like the world watched it. And from that moment on, at 7 o'clock on Sunday night, or whenever it was, it just changed. It was amazing, amazing. Yeah, that's so interesting. Were you able to, like, when you went to school that day, were other people talking about oh, it? Oh, that's all we talked about. Yeah, that's all <laughs> we talked about. And then me and two other buddies immediately formed a band called The Unbeatables. None of us played instruments. We just... I got my dad's guitar and did the air guitar thing, and the buddy of mine got my mom's old sewing uh, kit top. He was the drummer, and then I don't think we knew what a bass guitar was. So, and we just dreamed of being chased around by girls, and <laughs> still dreaming of that actually. But that's another story. <laughs> yeah, it was aspirational for sure. Yeah. Uh, so when did you uh, actually start being in bands or playing on your own? Because you did your own thing for a while. I, actually started doing the folky the folky you know Gordon Lightfoot Simon or Garfunkel thing with a buddy of mine we started this little duo thing and uh, we didn't go out and do gigs we were young we were in high school or, or just maybe just yeah we were in high school and we learned all these kind of really sensitive love songs you know and then we kind of got a little band together and then kind of got a little drummer and then we just started actually doing gigs and that was probably in the in the early 70s in Northern California in Sonoma County and Sebastopol area uh, yeah and uh, you know it was genuinely pretty mediocre probably at the time <laughs> and uh, but it was really fun and I, I sure didn't know that you know 40 years later I would be you know still doing this that yeah. is a mind blower really yeah, I always like to ask the musicians we bring on for this little concert series we have. Um, many of them don't do it as a full-time gig. Right. Um, but I think it's interesting that our area uh, is able to support that. Right, right. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I was talking about that the other day with some friends, you know, and in the day, uh, I mean, this is all I've ever done since moving to Montana. I did have a couple of waitering jobs bartending in Big Fork. I worked at the Buffalo Cafe as a waiter. And then uh, kind of got into this. But I also worked a lot of what they called house band jobs, and like at the Blue Moon or the Paul Bunyan, or where you, you know, you set up like here, you, you set up your equipment 
three, four, five nights a week, and you left it there and you played there. And I did that on the big mountain for uh, same amount of time I've played here almost. I played up on the big mountain. I just left my stuff up there all winter long. But there's those places don't exist anymore. They're really there's no such thing. I don't think in my mind right now as a guy that's working five nights a week in the same club or bar, ski resort, whatever. Those things just are not there. And that was a great way to not spend a lot of time loading your equipment, unloading your equipment, driving. You just, you came in, you set it up, you had it all there. You took your guitars home at night, of course. And, uh, so it's all different. Yeah, yeah. Does it feel more like a, like a nine to five when all of your stuff is there and you don't have to pack it and unpack it? Yeah, it was a, it was a great feeling. I really missed, I miss, <laughs> I missed those days because you know, obviously, as you saw, I, I come in here hours early to set all my stuff up to these to these gigs. And, uh, I mean, it's just what I do. It's part of my job. And I like to come in early, like I was telling you, to, you know, there's nobody here. It's really light. I can focus on, you know, all my little things I have to do. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. So you've been playing, uh, you said the Northern, you know, for more than 30 years. I imagine some of the other venues in the Valley for a while. What? Um, keeps you coming back to these places? Oh, the crowds, you know, they're really fun. And I get to do, at the Northern here, this is, this is the place where I get to do almost anything I want, any kind of music I really want. When I go to the, the more restaurant-oriented, you know, kind of uh, venues, you, you know, you got to kind of mind your P's and Q's a little more. Not that I ever get really raunchy. i got a couple of adult songs that I would probably do here more than I would do like at, at the Grouse Mountain Lodge or when there's children present or young or younger people or, yeah. and you know 12 o'clock at night on a Thursday snowy night and at the Great Northern anything pretty much goes you know within reason you know <laughs> what draws you to folk music oh I don't know that's a good that's a really good question uh it's something I just enjoyed from when I when I first started playing I mean it's just you know, I mentioned the Gordon Lightfoot, Simon and Garfunkel, you know, James Taylor, kind of. Um, just from that 60s folk world, you know, and it was just so powerful then. Uh, you know, even though the, the folk music that I say was more commercialized, there's another level even below the Gordon Lightfoot and the James Taylor. Those guys are almost like pop, pop singers, you know. There's, you know real folk singers that most people are probably not hardly not even aware of that you know they didn't make the big break like i mean simon and garfunkel and james taylor let's get those guys are huge huge artists in today's world and always and have been since the 60s and uh it, it was lovely music i just really liked it and still do and i do a lot of those songs that i learned back in the you know in the 70s i'll do those tonight i'll do the same song some of them i obviously do lots of other tunes of course but What's your uh, favorite deep cut? I'm curious. My favorite what? Uh, deep cut, like a folk artist from oh. back in that era. Oh, like wow, deep cut, now. good, good turn. Let me write that down so I know. It. Uh, <laughs> let me think about that. Uh, well, you know, you could, you, know, you could throw in there, you know, of course, Bob Dylan would be right in there with all his, his deep cuts. I mean, a lot of people are hip to Dylan, obviously. Mm -hmm. uh, and even Jimmy Buffett back in the day, you know, he he got so popular, he kind of blew out of the whole circuit. But he was with those guys, too, in the 70s. He was doing the same thing as, like, Steve Goodman and John Prine. And uh, he just got phenomenally famous. And I think when you get really famous like that, a lot of your, your fans kind of 
you know, they kind of, what, geez, what's he doing now? And you just think to yourself, God, he just got really, like John Denver. You know, there's a guy that was, I mean, he was a folky from the beginning, wrote those songs for Peter, Paul, and Mary, and then just got huge, just like, but I loved all those guys I mentioned. I mean, John Denver, I could sit up here and do 20 John Denver songs, and without doing Country Roads and all his famous songs, you know, it's those deep cuts, like, you know, if you wanted to know one song, I would maybe think of a song called Poems, Prayers, and Promises, a John Denver song, beautiful song, just Probably won't do it tonight, but uh, and and this gig here, I, I I'm looking around the room. You know, this is yeah. the northern. Now it's nice and quiet. But as you know, you've been here at 11 o'clock tonight. This place has a whole different energy to it at 11 o'clock. Yeah. And I kind of get caught up in that energy. I'm not sure I create the energy or they create it, and it takes me on the ride. It's it's kind of a 50-50 deal. That's, I just see where I go. I never know what's going to happen in here. Oh, that's so fun. So, it is fun. Thanks for saying that. Yeah. Yeah. What are what are your some of like musical your musical inspirations these days? Like people you listen to. Oh my gosh! I just one of my most favorite things, and I did it last night a lot. Was you know obviously there was no there's no YouTube when I was a, when I was a, a younger man, but I go home at night and listen to YouTube videos of just all these new people, and people always are suggesting, uh, you know artists that I should, you know, be listening to, you know, and there's just so many you can't keep up. I mean, and especially a guy like me who does play kind of a a variety. I kind of dabble in a little bit of the bluegrass. I play banjo and and my son, his band, he's thrown a lot of really big names at me of people I should listen to. Uh, And then playing electric guitar, I love, you know, I love Jimi Hendrix and, you know, I love Merle Haggard. So I kind of have a pretty good variety of and that's I think what's kept me endeared to the great northern because I look around at this crowd and I just when I walk in tonight through this back door here I'll walk in here and I'll just go okay mm -hmm, I see that and kind of you know I I have my certain my certain songs that I do you know my shtick you know but uh then I just ask for requests and see where they want to go with this you know like once again I I kind of just Put the seatbelt on and go. Here we go. Let's see what happens. Do you remember uh, a request that you that you got was like really off the wall, but it ended up being a really fun choice? Oh, that's a wow! Another really good question. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of almost embarrassed to say some of the songs. People go, "Do you know how to play, you know, Pina Colada or something?" You know, or uh, and and songs that I have learned and just thought, "Gosh, what a great song!" You know, I'd never thought about that. And it's so I cater my music here at the Great Northern to people. I'm not trying to shoot over their heads with all this eclectic original stuff, which I'll probably do at, at, the, at the show for you guys. That'll be more original, I mean, totally original stuff. Mm-hmm. But here, like tonight, I'll just maybe do a, a handful of originals, if even that sometimes. I like to play songs that, to, have, to make people have fun with. That's my gig tonight, is yeah. to have, make people have fun. I've just really got one more question for you, okay. um, since this is going to be, your show is coming out right at the new year. Um, what are you looking forward to the most in 2024? Oh, well, you talked about, I'm just so glad we're all back on track now. The COVID thing was just just horrendous for musicians. I mean, it just absolutely, I remember playing here and playing at the, at the Whitefish Lake Lodge and on a Saturday night and the guy handed me my check and we kind of made some jokes about 
you know, Corona beer. I remember nobody was thinking it serious and not really knowing this would have been 20. Would that have been March of 20? I think. Yeah. Was that when it kind of... And then the That's next morning, really, yeah. Sunday morning, I realized they... I read they closed the big mountain ski resort down and they canceled the final four and I just went and then you know then I realized maybe later that day that oh my gosh all my gigs just stopped I mean there was no income it was a really intense time for not just me but I mean all the people who work here this place was closed for yeah. I, I don't know how long you know a couple of months six months five months I don't remember exactly but um, it was a whole new world so I'm really happy that that's behind us, and the crowds came back, and uh, really fun to, you know, have people dancing and enjoying themselves again. It was a long time that nobody wanted to go out, and I don't blame them. I'm, you know, I'm on that side of the coin where, I, you know, I listened to what my doctor said, and he was telling me, you know, at my age and what I do for a living, like, you should stay out of those places for a while, and I did. Yeah. And my, I know my son's band again, the Little Smokies, they... They just were dead in the water. All those touring bands, they really took it hard. I got back into it a little easier because local, you know, and I'm, you know, I wasn't going on airplanes or traveling in buses with people or going to big, you know, my joke was my son's band. Those guys need 5,000 screaming hippie people in a, you know, I don't really, I could have a pretty good time down here with 50, 50 people or even 15, you know, whatever. And, uh. So I'm just thankful that we're back on track and health is, everyone has success and health and, and I love playing in Whitefish and the Flathead. You know, I don't have to travel anymore. I used to travel a lot, you know, in the summers. In fact, I'd leave all these jobs. I just, I'd go off and do these fair gigs, these state and county fairs. I don't do many of those anymore. The jobs are so nice here. and I, So I just want to stay around here and it's just, who wants to leave the Flathead Valley in July, right? Nobody does. Nobody. If you got gigs here, I mean, I'm. That's when I be, think I'm the luckiest musician on planet Earth that I just get to stay right here and not go anywhere. Yeah. Amazing. Well, and the crowds never get tired of hearing you here. I know that's amazing, so. and that's. I know I get a lot of my musician friends asking me that. How do you? How do you play the same place for 35 years or whatever? And I just go. It's. I do a lot of the same songs, but my presentation is always different. It's always you know, upbeat, kind of keep it fun and lively. I'm not trying to change the world. My, what's my line here? I just want to I just want to go home with my chicken wings and watch ESPN. I don't have any <laughs> agendas or anything, not trying to change anything. Right. Uh, and I think people kind of get the, get the drift of that, you know, a little bit. Yeah. And, and learn fun songs. I have a lot of fun songs I like to do with people. And so it's fun. Yeah. Well, we're so excited to hear you uh, play at Press Play in yeah. January. It's going to be such a fun time. Um, and thanks for joining me today. Gosh, you're so welcome, Taylor. Yeah, thank you.